All right. If you have not heard of this, this is just a phenomenal uh, children's Bible. And uh, the pictures are going to be up on the screen. Good luck trying to read. It's a little, little small print, but uh, if you want, you can follow along. All right, so this one is titled The Light of the World, and this is the story of the shepherds from Luke 2. Okay? So on that same night, in amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark, vaulted heavens, this one shone clearer. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born, to be like a spotlight, shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops. He sent an angel to tell Mary the good news. He put a special star in the sky to show where his boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now where would you send your splendid choir? To a big concert hall, maybe? Or a palace, perhaps? God sent his to a little hillside outside a little town in the middle of the night. He sent all those angels to sing for a raggedy old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside Bethlehem. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds and say they were smelly and call them other rude names, which I can't possibly mention here. You see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very important indeed because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open, fields, warming themselves by a campfire, when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was that? A wing beat? Sorry, parents, we couldn't crop it. <laughs> they turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone everywhere. Today, in David's town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He's sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange glowing cloud. Except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels. Troops and troops of angels, armed with light. And they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God. To God be fame and honor and all our hoorays. Then, as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire, left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobble streets, through a courtyard, down some steep steps, 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 past an inn, round a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached a tumble-down stable. They caught their breath. Then quietly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was here, heaven's son, the maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like that bright star shining in the sky that night, a light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. All right, you guys can go ahead and go sit again. Thank you, guys. Yeah, give it a hand. Kids, thank you. That was 
Thanks for joining me. That was fun. Well, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. My name is, is Kevin Miller. I'm a part of the teaching team here. And uh, I'm really excited. I get to share with you guys for a few minutes here. Uh, and I recognize, I know it's Christmas Eve. And I know we're all looking to get out, get some dinner, and, and get time with family. So I won't be long. But I am excited. Christmas is a really fun time. And if you're a visitor, I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, just so you guys know, quick introduction. We are Discovery Church. Uh, we're a church that exists here in Davis because we want to know Jesus more, and we want to serve him, we want to follow him, and we want to love and we want to serve this city in the hope that they too might come to know Jesus. And so I'm going to be totally upfront with you. Uh, if you're new here, if you're visiting here, my hope is that you would come back. Uh, my hope is that this would not be the last time we see you until Easter. Uh, my hope is that come the new year, come 2018, you guys would join us again. So there, I laid my cards on the table, right? Uh, our desire is to know and love Jesus, and you really can't do that twice a year. So uh, please come back. But I am glad that you guys are here, because Christmas is a fun time. It is a time to rejoice. Now, when I was in high school, I worked at a Christmas tree farm. Hey, like, a, like a real farm, not like the parking lot at Costco, like a real Christmas tree farm. Uh, up in the mountains in, in Tahoe National Forest, 60 acres dedicated to pines, firs, and cedars. Uh, the best of the best is called Snowy Peaks Christmas Tree Farm. Has anybody ever been there? About an hour and a half from here? Eh, a couple people. Well, that's my family. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Snowy Peaks Christmas Tree Farm. Guys, it, it smelled so good, I wouldn't wash my clothes when I came home from work because the Christmas tree smell was all over me. Like a perfume I tried to bottle. And people would come from miles and miles away to buy Christmas trees. We'd serve hot chocolate. We had a horse-drawn carriage. And it's, it's impossible to be sad when you're buying a Christmas tree. It is just a happy place to be. Uh, everyone's in a good mood. Everyone's happy because it's Christmas, right? And, and we know Christmas is about joy. We know it's about happiness. It's in all of our songs. I won't sing them for you, but I'll, I'll read a few of them. Uh, Deck the ball, halls with boughs of holly. Tis the season to be jolly. Uh, rocking around the Christmas tree. Have a happy holiday. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Paul McCartney, having a wonderful Christmas time. My favorite, uh, Feliz Navidad. Prospero Año y Felicidad. Which, in case you don't know, means Merry Christmas, a prosperous year, and happiness. Joy, merry, happy. It's all about joy. But we rarely stop to ask ourselves why. What, what is it about Christmas? Why, why is Christmas a time to rejoice? Why is it a time to be happy? Uh, maybe it's family. You know, maybe, maybe this is the one time of the year where all the family gets together. Everybody comes home and, and uh, the family gets to celebrate together. Family traditions, meals. Uh, tonight after the service, I'm going to go up to my parents' house. There will be food and there will be board games because that's how my family celebrates. So maybe it's family for you. Maybe it's gifts. It's okay to say that you're excited about gifts. Kids, it's okay to be excited to get something new and fun. It's fun to get new things. It's also fun to give gifts. Uh, my siblings, we do a, a gift exchange. I'm stoked to give my brother his gift tomorrow. He doesn't know what he's getting. Also, the, which brother doesn't know which one I have, so it's okay. It's still, still a secret. Uh, maybe it's getting time off work. Maybe it's vacation, getting out of the office, getting out of the classroom. All of those things are good things. All of those things are a cause for happiness. All those things are reason to rejoice. 
And as I say that, I, I do realize, and I want to point out, that for some of you, maybe that's not true. Maybe money is tight this year, and, and you're not able to give the gifts that you want to give. Maybe family is a painful subject. Maybe you're not going home. Maybe there's a recent divorce or a loss of a loved one. So I, I get that, and I want to say from the front, I'm sorry. As a, as a person who looks forward to Christmas every year, I'm sorry uh, that sometimes Christmas can be a, a time of pain, of hard memories. Maybe you don't get work off. Maybe some of you are working tomorrow. So maybe it's not a time to rejoice. But regardless, whether Christmas is your favorite time of the year or your least favorite, I think that somewhere along the way, we kind of missed the point. If, if this is all that we celebrate at Christmas, I think somewhere we missed the point. You know, growing up when Christmas was over and January came, we would pack up our Christmas decorations. The Christmas tree would go out on our back deck. And where I grew up, uh, we lived on an acre of land, and, and we would, every year, we would burn uh, leaves and dead trees. And, and so come March, uh, out on our back deck, we'd have this brown, pokey fire hazard that used to be a Christmas tree. It didn't even smell good anymore. And then we'd watch it go up in flames, and just like that, the last remnants of Christmas was gone, and, and we'd have to wait in this vague expectation that maybe next Christmas would be a little bit better. Maybe there'll be a little bit more joy, a few more gifts. Maybe family won't be as tense this year. Life goes back to normal, and the joy of family and gifts and vacation, it, it fades, and life goes on. I think, is that it? Is that really all there is to Christmas? The momentary pleasure and, and expectation that maybe next year will be better? Surely it's got to be more than that. Now, I'm not the first person to ask this question. Uh, is this really what Christmas is all about? In fact, one of my, my uh, favorite storyhood uh, heroes, I don't know if he's a hero, uh, I related to him. Charlie Brown asked this question, okay? Now, just to like put some perspective, Charlie Brown asked this question in 1965. Um, so that's kind of a long time ago. And let's, let's see what he found out. Let's, let's play the clip. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. All right. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That's what Christmas is all about. 
So Charlie Brown, if you, if you remember the movie, he's, he's kind of fed up with the, the consumeristic approach to Christmas that he sees all around him, the longing for gifts, the, the frustrations, and he asks, is this what it's all about? And then, and then you hear the Bible story, which is from Luke 2. Now somewhere in this story that, that was read in Luke 2, there is the secret to Christmas, what Christmas is all about. When the shepherds hear from the angels. Now, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. This is the most epic birth announcement that has ever happened in all of history, okay? So uh, when I was born, okay, in order to announce my birth, my parents had to take pictures of me or buy pictures of me. They had to send out a postcard to their friends and family, and they had to buy stamps. And um, kids, this sounds barbaric, I know, but uh, this was before social media. That's how you would announce the birth, right? And, and if you didn't get a birth announcement, then you didn't know that this child was born. And so sometimes you might run into an old friend, and you realize that they have three or four kids already. And you're like, well, how did that happen? How did I not know about this? Uh, because you weren't close enough to get the birth announcement, right? Right. Uh, when, when my son was born, uh, everybody knew the next day because we posted on Facebook and Instagram and uh, some of our close friends got Snapchats. So they all, they all knew. Uh, they knew his name. They knew when he was born. They knew his weight, which I still don't totally understand why we uh, tell people to wait. Uh, I don't know how that helps us, but that's okay. You know, I tell my wife, hey, Bob and Sue had their baby. It's eight pounds. Going to be a strong one. <laughs> But, but they know, right? But look at this birth announcement, right? Look how God decides to announce this birth. Legions of angels singing in the middle of the night, light, glory, terrifying. Now, imagine if instead of posting on Facebook or Instagram, I was able to send angels to your front door, and you, like, you open the door, and there's angels singing about the birth of my son. Speaking of which, if you're wondering, that's him down here. <laughs> There has never been a more epic birth announcement. Hey, he's going to come up on stage with me for a little bit. All right. This was not planned. (laughs) Here's what the angel said. In Luke 2, verses 10 through 12, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born in this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Whatever Christmas has evolved into today, this is where it started. Okay, this is what it's all about. If we understand this story, we'll understand why Christmas is truly a time to rejoice. With the last few minutes here, I want to unpack this story just a little bit for you guys. Okay, I think three things that I want to share that really help us to understand why this is truly good news of great joy. First, uh, good news is good because bad news is bad. (laughs) That that might sound uh, simple, but think about that for a second. Good news is only good news if bad news is bad news. Last night I was talking to my mom, and she said that my grandma uh, is cancer-free which is really good news because a little bit ago my grandma had surgery to remove the cancer from her gallbladder. And in her post-op checkup, they found that there was no more cancer. Okay? That's really good news because cancer, as many of you know firsthand, is really bad news. 
Now, if my doctor were to call my wife tomorrow and tell her that I'm cancer-free, I mean, it, it'd be good news, but it wouldn't necessarily be shocking or surprising. I'm 28 and healthy and not at risk for cancer, and so uh, it wouldn't really have the same effect. Because good news isn't as good when things are already good. Good news is really good when bad news is really bad. So the angels told the shepherds, good news. They said, this is for everyone, for all people. And that includes us here today. They said, a savior is born. Now, a savior, one who saves, is good news because we need saving. Okay, in order to understand the Christmas story, we have, we have to grasp this. In order to need a savior, we have to need saving. So here, here's the bad news. And I'm not going to apologize because this is what the Bible says. And this is what God says is true of us. So the bad news is this. God is perfect and good and we're not. Every single one of us, myself included, have rebelled against God. We, we failed to live up to his standards. We don't love him as we ought or seek him as we ought. We don't obey him. Mom's going to come get you. Church, we love family. Hey, if you're wondering, Discovery Church, we love families. So uh, come as you are. You're welcome here. All right, so, so none, of, none of us have loved God the way we ought or sought him the way we ought. And the Bible calls this sin. The Bible says in, in Romans 6 that all of us have sin, and that the wages of sin, this is Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So one day we will die, right? The death rate is 100%, and we'll stand before God, and we'll have to account for the things that we've done, our thoughts, our intentions, our actions, and, and if we stop and think about that for a little bit, that's kind of scary. It doesn't take us long to realize that we've messed up and that we're in trouble, as this is what Jesus is saving us from. This is why he came. This is why he is called a savior. So Matthew 1.21 says this. It says that she, Mary, will bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So the good news is that because this baby Jesus was born, we no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to fear the consequences of our, of our actions. If we believe in him, put our trust in him over us, our sins, and set free from the power that sin has over us. And I think this is really important, guys. This is, this is not just what Christmas is about, but this is what Christianity is about. Christianity is not about becoming a good person. It's not about following rules. It's about Jesus and what he did for us. Now, at this point uh, in the story, if, if you're hearing the story for the first time, this should sound ridiculous. It should, this should be uh, preposterous. How, how could this possibly be? How could this baby uh, set us free from sin? Which brings us to our second point, which is this. You can't have Christmas without Easter. We would not celebrate Christmas if we did not also celebrate Easter. Here, here's what I mean. At, at Christmas time, we, we celebrate Jesus' birth. 
But Jesus didn't stay a baby, obviously. Uh, He grew to be a man. And as a man, he did and he said incredible things that nobody had ever done. He taught people new and radical things. He, He performed miracles. He made preposterous claims about who he was. And then he was killed. So if you... You're familiar with the story. Jesus was put to death. He was hung on a cross. And for three days, he was dead. On the third day, when they went to go look for his body, they couldn't find it because he was no longer dead. And he appeared to them alive and well. We hear this story so often, it loses its value. People don't raise from the dead. Jesus did. And that's incredible. That's miraculous. And what that does is is that shows us that he actually was who he said he was. That he actually was the Son of God. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, we wouldn't celebrate his birth. If he hadn't risen from the dead, there would be no Christianity. Christianity would have died with Jesus if he had actually died and stayed dead. So Jesus saves us because he died for us. And we can be confident that it actually worked because he rose from the dead which we celebrate every Easter. Guys, this is really, really good news. And when this hits us, when we realize that this actually applies to me, when it actually applies to you, that Jesus died for you, that that you can be forgiven of sins, that you can have eternal life, the result is what the angel said it would be, which is great joy. So my last point here is that the joy that Jesus brings... This is not a fleeting, passing, momentary pleasure. This is an eternal joy. The Christmas season will pass. The gifts will come to an end. Good food will be forgotten. Life goes on. But there's more available for us. And as is often the case, um, C.S. Lewis just says this so beautifully. And so I want to quote from him. He said this. He said, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Guys? Guys, I hope that your Christmas is joyful. I hope that you enjoy time with family and food and gifts. But but don't miss this offer that God is making Christmas is meant to be so much more than just a momentary passing pleasure. Jesus was born to bring great joy by saving us from the one thing we can't save ourselves from. Ourselves. Guys, don't let Christmas end come January. I hope that you do. You come back and and join us in the new year. Because we're all about Jesus. And we want to see what he said. And we want to know him So the band's going to come back up. We're going to sing a couple more songs. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. Uh, And again, Merry Christmas, guys. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that you do find great joy in him this year. Let me pray. God, thank you uh, that you would see fit to send your son to save us from the one thing we could not save ourselves from. God, I pray that this Christmas... Uh, that there would be, be joy and happiness found in family and friends. Uh, thank you for those here who are visiting. But God, ultimately, I pray that our joy would be found in you. Our joy would be found in what you did when you died and you rose again. That our joy would be found 
and we put our faith in you. Uh, God, thank you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. I want to invite you guys to